Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Pharrell has taken over. Let's go. It's Pharrell. Coast to coast. Stakes, chicks, stacks. You and I are going to make a lot of money. It's Pharrell Coast to Coast. All right, Pharrell back on Coast to Coast for hour two. I have to say, seriously, like, how pathetic are you when you announce that you're making a name change for your team and it's a huge ordeal. It's a huge thing. It's been the same name forever and it's this enormous uh, undertaking and everything. So you announce that you're going to change the team name. Very important. So what we're going to do is we're just going to do it a year from now. <laughs> I mean, like who announces that? Like, how much of a loser PR department do you have to have to announce that you're going to make an announcement in a year? I mean, honestly, who's in charge of their uh, PR and marketing? I mean, like, who makes it? Like, and then every one of these outlets, even us talking about it, like, who cares? <laughs> it's not a story. We're changing our name next year, a year from now. <laughs> I'm like, what? Is that, is that even happening? All right, let's bring in Mavia to talk fighting. Uh, UFC 256 recap. What a fight with Figa Ferrellaredo going at it with Morena. What a fight. More than just that fight, too. There were three great performances on that card that you really got to point out. I mean, first of all, Kevin Holland, we talked about him coming in against uh, Jacare. We talked about that length, trying to keep him off the ground. Well, it didn't work out. He got taken down. So how did he use that length instead to put Jacare up in the air and then use that extra leverage to hammer fist him from his back and knock him out? He got him twice. You saw Jacare. You saw, like, you know, almost like the cartoon bird spinning around the head. Like he got shook, jumped up, clocked him twice more, finished him that way. Then the co-main event, Oliveira versus Ferguson. Ferguson's trying to come back off of that Gaethje fight, trying to show us that he still, you know, should be in championship contention, ready for the belt, whoever wins against Connor and Poirier. And what happens there? Oliveira comes in and just dominates him for three rounds, throws him on his back like no one has ever done. Ferguson has never been taken down and tossed around like that and completely dominated to the point of there were even 10, eight rounds on the card. That's how much he got beaten. Oliveira putting himself in contention right now for, you know, lightweight championship uh, talk and, you know, maybe another top five opponent and possibly being included in the mix for getting the shot at whoever gets that belt next. And then, as you mentioned, fight of the year right there. Figueredo versus Moreno. You know, I think we all kind of took Moreno a little bit uh, too lightly, thinking that this guy's going to come in here and get steamrolled like Figueredo did against Benavidez and did against Perez. And he was game. Moreno was in there, took every shot, went for five rounds, even hurt his shoulder at some point. His left shoulder got hurt. Uh, when he did something to it, whether it was a kick that he was blocking or just he threw something in that fifth round, but still threw it. 
You know, you saw him adjust it after every shot that he threw with that left arm, but still used it, even though there's something wrong with it. And just those two guys for five rounds going at it was incredible. You know, it kind of deserved to be a draw. Figueredo keeps the belt because he's a champion and no one took it from him, but you would have won it if not for a very bad kick to the crotch there where they deducted a point right away because of how just right up the middle it was and how oh. it was going to affect Moreno the rest of the fight. So if it wasn't that, you know, deduction there, he would have won it three rounds to two. It was still just an epic fight between those two guys, and we have to see what kind of injuries they have because you know what we want? We want to run it back right away with them two. Forget anybody else. I don't need anyone else as a contender. Moreno, Figueredo, two, right away, please. So uh, Carver High and I both know that on our birthdays, generally Mafia kicks both of us in the crotch on July 28th and 29th. Double back-to-back day crotch kicks. We're used to it now, though. We both wear a cup on those days. Uh, So now that they have fought this amazing fight of the year draw, uh, Dana said they'll fight again. Will it happen? Yeah, I think it will. We'll just have to see what kind of injuries these two guys suffer. Because like we said, Moreno even said in the post-fight interview that it felt something in his shoulder kind of pop when he was going around in that fifth round throwing. So we don't know if there's some kind of injury there, some tear he's going to have to rehab. We don't know what kind of facial fractures these guys might have from the shots they ate. So once we get through the doctors going through in the next couple of days, we'll see how long they need to recover before they can go. All right, we welcome in all of our radio affiliates, coast to coast, Pharrell with you. North, South, East, West, we're everywhere. How about this? Sports Grid Radio Network starting on Sirius XM January 7th. Tell everyone you know. And uh, we're going to be on channel 204. Here's the deal. Uh, 204 is the channel. Buy somebody serious for Christmas. Great last second gift. Get them that. Then the new year you can listen to Sports Grid Radio on 204. Also, Mightier 1090, San Diego, all of Southern California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on there. We love it. Great station. Everywhere else, all of our affiliates on all of our networks, we love you on both the radio and TV side. See you tonight on the bench on Sports Grid Radio overnight. All right, Mafia, tell me about uh, Yoel Romero's deal with Bellator. Everybody's going to Bellator when they leave UFC. That's the norm, isn't it? Well, that's been the one that's the biggest contender to sign these guys when they get in the girls, when they get released or they get cut, or even, you know, when they become free agents and they just say, you know what, I'm tired of the UFC kind of giving me the money that they're giving me. Let me see what Bellator can do because they usually pay him better. So that's what's going on with Romero right now. He got cut. Even though his last fight against Adesani was a title fight, he got cut by the UFC. And one of these big cuts, like we said, they're going to cut 60 fighters before the end of the year. And he was a guy that originally Bellator said, you know what? We just, no, thanks. You know, thanks, but no thanks. We talked to his people. It's just not going to work out. And then they come back less than a week later said, actually, we've had a deal. And he's going to fight and move up to 205 where he originally started. This is a guy that cuts a lot of weight to get down to 185. It's been a problem for him. So now that he's up in, you know, over 40, he's like, you know what? Let me take it a little easier on my body and not make that weight cut. So he's going to go fight at light heavyweight in Bellator. So let's talk about uh, Anthony Joshua and that huge knockout of Pulev. Pulev's a bum. He he just blew him away in the ninth with a shot, knocked him out cold. Now, after the fight, Bob Arum immediately said he wants to get into negotiations for a mega fight with Tyson Fury. Yeah, I mean, we've heard that talked about already, you know, that they're allegedly agreed to have two fights in the next year. So we'll see if that happens. I mean, these are the big names in boxing in the heavyweight division are Joshua, Fury, Wilder. Otherwise, it's, you know, nobody. You know, I know Ruiz pulled off the nice upset, but there was no thought that Joshua was going to lose to Pulev after he had his bell rung against Ruiz. He's going to take everybody seriously now. And he wants these mega fights, so he's going to have to take them all, you know, at face value, beat them up before he gets to these guys. So give us what we want. Give us these guys, fight each other, and let's see who keeps the belts. Uh, Shakur Stevenson was a winner over the weekend. T-Bud says he wants to fight Pacquiao next. Then it's Spence.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're all back on Coast to Coast on a Misery Monday. We bring in our NFL insider, Adam Kaplan. You can follow him at Kaplan NFL on Twitter. Adam is on uh, Sports Grid and Coast to Coast every Monday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, we got a big week ahead, and it starts right now, tonight. Ravens and Browns on the docket for the Monday Nighter. Adam, good to see you. I hope you enjoyed the good games on uh, Sunday. Yep. Let's talk about the Ravens and Browns. Uh, top running games, maybe, in the uh, NFL. Ravens 169 per game. Browns a buck 57.8, tied for second with the Titans. Uh, tell me about all the injuries and side notes going into this one tonight. Yeah, let's start with the visit team for all the Ravens. Now, Class Campbell, their star defensive end, he's got a calf strain. He didn't practice at all during the week. Makes him more doubtful than questionable. If, if, if he doesn't play, that's going to change the way they stop the run. You know, they've not been dominant like usual against the run this year, giving up well over four yards per carry. It's because they've had some injuries on the defensive line. Brandon Williams, one of the best run-stopping D-tackles, has missed time due to an injury. He was also on the COVID list. Uh, if you take Campbell out of tonight's game, that's going to hurt them. Now, one thing that's interesting about the Browns, Pharrell, that people don't quite realize, yes, the Browns have a great run game, 4.9 yards per carry, tied for second in the National Football League. But if you look at their last game, uh, the game that they played the Titans, they did not come out running. They came out throwing in the first series, five called passes, two called runs, and that set the tone for Baker Mayfield. And I was very impressed with Kevin Stefanski's play calling. Mayfield just tore it up. But you might you could actually say he had his best game as a professional in Tennessee on that win in that win because they got up big early. He's very, very accurate. Now the one issue that they have on offense, Austin Hooper, they're starting tight end that they're paying ten and a half million per season. He was added to the injury report after Friday's practice due to, to a neck injury. It's unlikely he's going to get cleared to play tonight. But I could tell you from talking to the Browns, they love Harrison Bryant, their fourth round pick out of Florida Atlantic. David Njoku, also a tight end, a former first-rounder. So they're, they're deep there. Not going to have Denzel Ward, who's going to miss the, his third straight game at corner, who's their best corner with his calf injury. So that's a problem when the Ravens can throw it. Now, you saw in last week's game against Dallas. I, I know it's Dallas, but they did hit, hit a couple good pass plays. I still think a Ravens bread and butter is going to be their run game. And, yes, both teams like to run it. But I'll be interested to see if either team comes out throwing the football, particularly the, the Browns here who did a good job coming out last week. And one thing I do want to add with the Ravens, look for J.K. Dobbins, uh, their second-round running back out of Ohio State. 
58 carries the last five games, just over 11 and a half carries per game. If you've noticed, he's coming up there, running the football. He's kind of taken over there. They're more of a two-man rotation with he and uh, he and Dobbins with uh, Gus Edwards. You might remember out of Rutgers, it's Dobbins and 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 Edwards, and not as much Mark Ingram at running back anymore. And remember, Ingram has a year left on his contract, but there's no guaranteed money next year. So Dobbins could take over next year at the running back position. Yeah, I'm not surprised about uh, that at all, to be honest with you, uh, Adam, because, you know, Dobbins was a badass at Ohio State, and he's, you know, younger. He's got less wear and tear on him. I mean, the guy's a monster. Uh, I thought all along that he would uh, supplant Ingram, didn't you? I did. Now, so, but the one thing we're seeing with Cam Akers, you and I talked about Akers last week, when you don't have an offseason, a preseason, you only have about two and a half weeks of training camp. It's hard to act, ask a running back who's new to your system to all of a sudden be the starter at the, re- at the start of the regular season. Got to give them time to adjust. And coaches have told me that all season. They've been kind of thinking coming into the season that and it doesn't matter what, that it's running back. It could be any position as a rookie. You can't expect them to come in and start right away and 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 play at a high proficiency level. It's just not realistic. But Shane Dobbins, as I said, over those last five games, came makers who we talked about. How great was he uh, last week against the Patriots? He had un- over 170 yards. So now you're starting to see these good young running backs kind of take over uh, around the National Football League. And both teams need it. And remember now, the Ravens need to win this game. They're on the outside looking in right now. They're the eighth team of the seven teams that will make the playoffs in the, eighth, in the AFC. So, like, let me ask you, they were uh, terrible uh, prior to the Dallas game, the Ravens. So they beat Dallas, and now all of a sudden everybody's on the Ravens uh, because they're favored by three tonight against a team that's been on fire, that's been playing great football, that is mixed now not only the run game down your throat, but it's such a problem for teams that Mayfield's going off for three and a half and four TDs in a game, and now all of a sudden everybody's worried about the Ravens. Have we not forgot how bad they were before the Dallas game? Now all of a sudden we're supposed to be afraid of them. Steelers kicked their ass twice, and the Bills kicked the Steelers' ass. I'm not buying the Ravens. Plus, right, plus the Ravens lost four out of five, which is what you were referring to. Yeah, they beat a bad Dallas team. I, I find it hard to understand. I mean, this game is in Cleveland. Now, I understand this part of it. There are a lot of people around the country who don't believe in the Browns, okay? They're, they're seemingly coming out of nowhere uh, at, at 9-3. and three. And they're obviously going to make the playoffs. And they, they have an outside chance to win a division. There's just not a lot of believers. I think when, when teams come out of nowhere or they surprise people, you start to try you know, you're trying to figure out who they are as a football team. We know what their identity is. Are they going to be good enough defensively to win a game tonight? They got to stop the run. If they if they stop Lamar Jackson and their run game uh, of Baltimore's run game, they're going to win this game. Uh, that's the question. And, and Baltimore ran all over Dallas, so you, you you know you you do you do wonder if they could take it on the road here in the division. But it's clear to me based on what you're talking about with with the Vegas number, clearly people in the country don't believe in Cleveland and I, Cleveland should not be a home dog. That, that I got a problem with that. Yeah, I have a, I have a big problem with it. Now watch the, watch the lose by 10. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Right. Do, do you think that the Browns are like, if you were to guess, Adam, who would be more successful in the postseason, even though I'm not talking about Kansas City, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, anything like that. I'm talking about, you know, even Indy. Uh, I'm talking about the six, seven type seed. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, the, where those two teams are. Who do you think would be 
more problematic for these other teams in the AFC, the Browns or the Ravens? I would probably say the the Browns because, yes, the Ravens running game is great, but it's not at the level of the Browns. You've got two of the lead backs in the National Football League, uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They're, they have it, by the way, they, the, the, the Browns have a much better offensive line, probably one of the most underrated offensive lines in the National Football League. Uh, the word around the league, it's about a top five line. They're a- excellent in pass protection. Kevin Stefanski calls a great game. Uh, they've managed Baker Mayfield well. I remember you and I talking early in the season when the Browns got off the, the, the quick start. We weren't sure how good they were. But never underestimate the value of coaching. The, the, the job that not just Stefanski has done, uh, their their offensive their offensive coaches um, just just managed the guy from D- D- Alex Van Pelt, a former you might remember him at Pitt, and he also was a a, a backup quarterback for the sure. the Bills for many years. He's their OC. He's done a great job. Joe Woods, a defensive coordinator for the Browns, has done a great job. The coaching here has been far superior than the previous staff, and you, you got to give them credit. And the other you know you know the other part about this is they're keeping Jimmy Haslam at bay. Jimmy Haslam, the owner, can't get involved. He can't. You, you, Jimmy's a, a very supportive owner. Don't get me wrong about that. But when he gets involved, there's usually chaos. What, owners should never get involved in managing the football team. Leave it to the football people to do that. So far, I'm told, he's done that. Just like Jerry Jones never meddles with the Cowboys, right? Well, he's so, a GM, though. That's the problem. Yeah, he's the problem. So let's talk about the Eagles uh, and their shocking win yesterday. I told you on Friday, if this guy wins – they're going to jump on him like a horse and ride him and Wentz into the ground. Yeah, so what's going to happen here is Hurts Her- is obviously going to start this week at, at Arizona. There was never a question. I still believe he'll start the final three games. Uh, Eagles head coach Doug Peterson's not willing to go that far, but my belief is just from talking to people is that they really want to get an evaluation of Hurts. Yeah, we know where Carson Wentz is at in his career. He needs to sort of be restarted and, and kind of rebuilt. But Hurts, I mean, the thing is, this is incredible. If you look at his college career, last year particularly at Oklahoma, 16 carries per game, Pharrell, okay? 18 yesterday. He was phenomenal. 108 on the ground. He made some good throws. 170 air, 270 combined yards. You can win like that. Miles Sanders, we, we've lamented on this show. Where's he been? 14 for 115 for two touchdowns. He, a lot of pre-stat motion, RPOs. You would think, Pharrell, the Saints defense wouldn't go for that. Who? But they are. We'll come back and talk more about this Eagles win over the Saints, what their defense did, and where they go from here with Hurts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. 
So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. So we're talking to Adam Kaplan, our NFL insider, uh, before the Monday Nighter tonight, uh, Ravens-Browns from the Dog Pound. So uh, we're talking Eagles, though, and Hurts, and now you said he's going to start in Zona, which is obvious because uh, he won, and, and Wentz never wins anymore. So now you got this kid winning, uh, and he'll start the rest of the season unless he blows up. Is that about right? Exactly. Yeah, that's the way I see yeah. it. Yeah, unless some, well, obviously, unless he gets hurt or – you just see something that you're that that worries you, but I, I don't see it. This is a perfect time to evaluate this quarterback. He's a rookie. They shocked the world. No one saw that coming. Spending a second round pick. The previous year, so when they extended Wentz's contract, you just you couldn't make it up. I mean, it was just so surprising. And remember, he was not even the number two quarterback to start the season. Uh, that was Nate Sudfeld. But Hertz did a good job of managing the game. Only had the one turnover, the fumble. Made some good throws. Ran the ball incredibly well, man. He was exciting to watch, but. 18 carries is not sustainable. They're going to probably have to, to lower that a little bit uh, at Arizona this week. But Miles Sanders, as I said before, did really well. But the story of the game was their defensive line. Absolutely dominated from pillar to post. Five sacks, 12 times. 12 times they had Taysom Hill. It's a pretty athletic quarterback. And the forced fumble. You got to give this Eagles credit. Now, they, they, they've got the most expensive defensive line in the National Football League. They, they have the most pressure. Uh, if if you go by those stats, nobody gets more pressure on the quarterback, but they don't f- force a lot of turnover, turnovers, but they did a great job in that game. But here's the problem. Sure, they're only a game and a half back in first place. They've got so many injuries now. They just lost free safety Rodney McLeod for the season due to a torn ACL. Both their starting corners are hurt. Vontae Max is not going to play this week with an, a knee injury. Darius Slay, their other corner, has a concussion. And don't forget, Pharrell, the Cardinals are one of the high – Four receiver teams. We're talking about teams that run the most four receiver sets. They're in top three in that. Eagles right. don't have the cornerbacks. This game ought to be a blowout. I'd be very shocked if this game is close. But you know what? I also thought the Eagles would lose to the Saints. So what do I know? Well, I mean, it sounds to me like they're going to uh, open it up against Philly, knowing that their secondary is filled with a bunch of backups. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when I want to see what the Eagles do when they have the rock with Hurts on the road against Arizona's defense and see if they can stay in that game. I think they're getting about uh, five and a half points in that game. I could be wrong. So let's talk about um, the Bills, uh, their impressive win over my Steelers, who are suddenly uh, falling into a deep, wet hole, slippery mud, can't get out of the well. They got problems offensively, uh, which was not their problem uh, certainly two weeks ago. Now all of a sudden they can't do anything right on offense. But the Bills look fantastic. But I bet on the Bills. I thought the Bills would win the game. And I told you for weeks I thought that'd be the game the Steelers lose, not the Washington game. And we talked on Friday's show, two things I said. The Steelers are a team that's in trouble due to injury on defense. I, I did like the Bills to win this game. And you and I had said these are the type of games you must win around the National Football League if you want to be taken seriously. Now, their offense got off to a slow start. Uh, didn't have an offensive touchdown until the third quarter. But their defense is phenomenal. Ben Roethlisberger's passing the ball too much. As much as I love the passing game, third in attempts, over 40 per game. 
They have no running game to speak of. I know he doesn't get sacked very much. He only got sacked one time. But you know the other problem here is? Over 30 drop passes this season, most of the National Football League. Deontay Johnson, who's a really gifted player, he's having a breakout season for all. Do you know he has 13 drops at, at a minimum? Drop passes are sometimes subjective, but documented at least 13 drops. And in that game, he got benched for over two quarters. They put him back when they were far behind, but it was too late. They got to get themselves right. And Mike Tomlinson, phenomenal football coach, has never had a losing record, and he certainly won't have one this season. But they're struggling. I told you three weeks ago, they would not go undefeated. They're not as good as the record would indicate. And they're showing that right now. I'm a little bit concerned about the Steelers. Their defense can only do so much when their offense is passing it too much. They're just not in sync right now. They don't, they, they don't really have an identity on offense other than they're going to throw the ball a ton. Well, uh, I never thought they'd go undefeated either. I don't think anybody did. Those days of uh, undefeated teams in the NFL, we go through the same nonsense every year until uh, the second week of December when the teams start falling like dominoes. But everybody thinks they're going to go undefeated because ESPN starts talking about it in week seven. So, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. It's all, they're going undefeated. That's their lead of every newscast. And it's ridiculous the pressure it puts on teams. But I think what matters is the playoffs. Who cares about uh, losing a game when everyone loses in the NFL? What matters is when do you lose? You're going to lose in the postseason is all that matters. Pharrell, in the last three games, your Steelers have not scored over 19 points. I mean, that just that 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 can't happen. Uh, they, for as much as they're throwing the football and how gifted they are at receiver, they, they've got to score more. They just they're just they don't, they're just not in sync right now. Now. If you look at their schedule, their final three games, obviously they play Monday night. They should smoke the Bengals. But look at their last two games versus one of the most improved teams in the National Football League in the Colts and at the Browns in Week 17, which, and by the way, a game that shouldn't matter for the Browns. The, 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 and you're right. Look, they're, they're going to the playoffs. You don't have to worry about that. They should still win the division, but you don't want to go in limping in. And they also have lost two in a row. And I, that, that Washington game, I did not see that at all. They, they were awful in that game. I, I, their their pass game has got to be better. It's a little bit choppy for as much as they're throwing it, but I do have I do have confidence in in Mike Tomlin is he's tr terrific. They'll get a turnaround, but and they've got time left. But you do get a little concerned when they're not getting their offense going like they should. People have uh, started saying that there's uh, that Roethlisberger can't throw a, a deep ball. Do you think there's something wrong with that uh, elbow? No, no. The issue is this: they, the word around the league is this, and I've asked the same question you've just brought up. They don't have what you call a burner, a, a, a bona fide deep threat. They're all sort of like mid-area receivers. James Washington, who scored last night, he's going to get everything 15 and in. We mentioned Deontay Johnson's great running after the catch, but he's not really a deep threat. Chase Claypool, for a size, can run, but he's not what you call an elite deep threat. They don't have that guy. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, if you go years ago, was a speed guy coming out of SMU. He was really their last speed receiver, but he's long gone, as we know, so... When you really look at it, they don't have that guy, and it's a good point you make. That's the missing part of their pass game. They've got four really good receivers. Eric Ebron, who drops too many passes, is explosive for a tight end, but they don't have that good deep threat, and that's something that Kevin Colbert is probably going to have to add. Their GM does, does a great job. By the way, Colbert, the best known in the National Football League at evaluating receivers. No one drafts better than he does at that position. Well, I, I won't deny that uh, I'm worried about him, uh, the, the way they're playing, but – uh, I think, you know, obviously Monday, uh, I don't think their offense is going to look bad on Monday when they play the Bungles. No. And then we'll see what they're yeah. made up when they play uh, the Colts, but they are playing them at the ketchup bottle. The game in Cleveland, I think, 
could be painful. That would be the limping in game, if you ask me. If they lose that one, that would not be good. They need to win those two games, if you ask me. Very important that they get on the right path. Talk to me about uh, the latest on Mike McCarthy. I never once thought he'd get fired when they just signed him no. to that fat deal. Yeah, I, I don't know where this is. I don't know where the speculation comes in. You, particularly because teams are losing so much money due to the pandemic, not having fans at stadiums or not having very many. And obviously, a lot of things are down this season. Why would the Cowboys walk away from four years? The, the, the belief around the league is it's somewhere in six million per season. So it's at least twenty-four million. They're not walking away from that. It's just preposterous. I don't know where that started. Stephen Jones, the president, Jerry's son. He, they all have radio shows, by the way. Stephen has a radio show. Jerry has a radio show on one of five three, the fan in, in Dallas. But Stephen said, "Look, it was never in question. He doesn't understand it." But the speculation is, okay, what are they going to do with Mike Dolan, defensive coordinator? Because if you recall, he brings in his hybrid thirty-four scheme. They've run a forty-three scheme for years. Now they change it because that staff is no longer there. So the question is, why did you change the scheme? I'm not blaming Nolan for this. They should have probably kept the, this, the old defensive scheme. And if we have a normal offseason, then change it. But as you've seen, unbelievably undisciplined against the run. A league worst, 5.1 yards per carry. Terrible, terrible against the run. Yeah, they did, they did good against a bad Bengals offense. What does that really mean? But they've been bad against the run, undisciplined. Going in the wrong gaps, I mean, this is not – this should not be happening, but it's happened most of the season. And look, well, it, there's been no guarantee that Mike Nolan should come back. No, he should come back because he needs, to, he needs the opportunity to run his defense in an offseason. But it's been bad there, man. And, look, I give him credit for, for finding a way to win lately, but they're a bad football team. It's really not their offense. It's the defense, and they got to get disciplined. Uh, respectfully, I have two minutes. Do you think that uh, Alex Smith's calf could become a problem for Washington? That's a concern because uh, without him in there, I think they're in big trouble. They are. And in fact, everyone's picking Washington now. I'm glad you brought this up. He's got a calf strain, by the way. Uh, he's day-to-day. It's hard, man. If you can't move around and protect yourself, you can't play. Dwayne Haskins is obviously the next guy up. This guy was severely overdrafted. It is a problem. And by the way, Seattle comes in, and they're playing much better defense since that Jamal Adams trade. How about Jamal Adams setting a record for safety sacks in a season? They're playing better defense. Uh, that'll be a tough game. They're gonna you, you got to score in the National Football League. They, the, the Washington has trouble scoring. That's not good. Um, I, if you look at Washington right now, this is a game that they should lose at home. Now, then they have a really cake schedule at 16 and 17. At home against Carolina, then at Philly, who's struggled, obviously. The problem now is, and, and don't forget, Antonio Gibson, their running back out of the third round, has been a great story. He's got that turf toe. He didn't play in this game. They don't have an exact time frame when he's going to come back. That's a problem. Yeah, I, I think they got problems right now at, on offense, and this has been an issue. Uh, Scott Turner, their OC, has done a great job. But when you don't have enough help on offense, it's tough to win. Uh, yeah, I, I think they struggle this week against Seattle. Even if Alex Smith can play, I don't. they're not beating Seattle. And you know what? Seattle's amazing. They haven't been great at home this season, but they've been actually been very good on the road. They, they've actually been winning surprises. Typically, they're not that great on the road. They've been, they've been great on the road. And for all, here's the, here's the other number. More teams on the road have a winning record this season for the first time in, in several decades. It's almost hard to understand, but we know why. We told you week one, coaches versus coaches. All right, Adam, great stuff. I'll see you on Thursday. and Enjoy the Ravens-Browns game tonight. Good stuff, buddy. Thank you. All right, there he is, Adam Cass.
Applin, our NFL insider on Sports Grid and Coast to Coast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We always like to uh, roll through all of the locker rooms and play-by-play from Sunday, talk to the players, hear from the players, and hear the best plays. So, Carver, hi. why don't we start with uh, tonight's game and a little Baker Mayfield. Yes, let's start there. Of course, you and Adam just talked about it. Ravens and Browns tonight in Cleveland. A big one in the AFC playoff picture. Here is Baker Mayfield, Scotty. He knows it's going to be tough against this Ravens team. Here he is. You know, I start by, you know, all AFC games are a little bit more important just because of the implication it has on, you know, the end of the season, the postseason. And uh, so this is a very important one. And, you know, teams focus on winning every single uh, playoff game in the second half of the season, or home game in the second half of the season. It's just those that you have to have down the stretch. Uh, but but it's about us doing our job. We know they're a great team. They've had a lot of guys out uh, and injured, but they're getting a lot of guys back. And so uh, we know that just based off our scouting report. But, you know, like we've been saying week in and week out, it's about us coming out and executing our game. Well, look, uh, plus a buck fifty-four on the money line. I mean, I'm ready. Uh, give me a shot at that. Like, are you kidding me? Uh, I-, I like that. You know what I mean? Like, give me that. Give me the three. Uh, I believe in them. I like the way Landry's been playing. I love their running game. I like Miles Garrett. I hate to say it, I think they're a really good team. In fact, um, and, and I won't be surprised if they blow it uh, because that's all they've ever done in their history is blow big games. But I think they're better than the Ravens. Carver High, what do you think? I mean, honestly, I, the Ravens lose four or five. Then they beat the Cowboys. We're all supposed to bow down because they finally won a football game. I think the Ravens have sucked all year. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Browns need to play their game tonight, Scotty, and they can absolutely beat the Ravens here. And it would be a big moment for them. They're 9-3. and three. You know, people still don't, quote, believe in them. Uh, this will be kind of like the Bills the last you know, the last week on national TV. This is a shot for the Browns on national TV to kind of maybe show some people that they are for real. Uh, and I'll take that money line. I'll take those three points. I'll take whatever you want to give me uh, with the Browns tonight in Cleveland. It should be a fun one. Let's get to last night, Scotty, up in Buffalo. The Bills with a 26-15 to win over the Steelers. Here is what you could say was the turning point of the game. 7-3 lead for the Steelers, almost halftime, and Big Ben found Bill's defensive back, Teron Johnson. Here it is on WGR in Buffalo. Second and five at the 47. Roethlisberger takes a shotgun snap. Going to throw it. Fires it. Is picked off. Intercepted by Teron Johnson in midfield. Running down the right sideline. He's going to score. He's going to score. Touchdown, Buffalo. Touchdown, Teron Johnson. The Bills get a touchdown pick from Teron Johnson. Get a hold of yourself, bro. Like, get the keep, you know, keep that in check there, son. You're you're breaking up on me like, like, a, like that Elon uh, Musk rocket last come week. On. He was breaking up. The great John, come on. the great you know John Murphy. Was, the, the, you the know great he was John up. Murphy. You got it. 
Roop, roop. The, uh, <laughs> the great like John Bill Murphy Walton there. Doing dog talk right there. Yes, Bill Walton doing dog talk. Uh, good night for Stefan Diggs. Good night for the Bills. Uh, as they now go to 10 and 3, Scotty. Uh, they are one game back of the Steelers, actually, for the two seed now in the AFC. They can clinch the AFC East on Saturday in Denver. Uh, and that will be the first time the Bills have won the AFC East, Scotty, since 19. 19- 95 and they have a chance to do that against the broncos on saturday i cannot wait let's go down to miami now the chiefs started slow against the dolphins they do end up winning big 16 point third quarter 33 to 27 was the final they did not cover here is patrick mahomes he threw three picks scotty but the chiefs kept battling he was proud of his team on sunday here's mahomes so it says a lot about this football team in general it says it it talks about how it's not just an offense. It's not just a defense. It's not just special teams. We're a complete football team that just likes – it finds ways to win in every single way. And you saw in that first half, I mean, it's 80-something degrees outside, and I'm putting the, the defense back on the field over and over again, and they're finding ways to get stops um, and, and keeping us in that ball game so the offense can get going. And so uh, it just shows that we, we have a veteran group of guys that really understand that we just have to make sure that we keep each other accountable and keep playing for the guy next to you, and we can find ways to win football games. I mean, you can cut through all that and just say they're the best team in the NFL. That's what they are. Yes, that that's exactly what they are, Scotty, and everybody is chasing them right now. Um, it's, who's, it's who can beat the Chiefs. You know, it's the Chiefs, and then there's like a whole other tier right below them. Uh, but it should be a good one next week. Chiefs at Saints. That is the late 425 Eastern game. Uh, that could be a Super Bowl preview. We shall see. Let's go now uh, to the Vikings. They lose in Tampa yesterday. And let's listen to head coach Mike Zimmer, Scotty, pretty much blame the entire game on kicker Dan Bailey. Well, it does, uh, you know, let let a little bit of air out. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, you, you, you anticipate, uh, you know, guys making those those kicks. You know, the first extra point, you know, we go down and score and we miss the extra point. I'm like, and then uh, I think we missed three more field goals. I mean, how does this guy have a job today? Like, can you explain to me? This is two weeks in a row. He's missed like 15 uh, field goals and extra points. I mean, the guy's on crack or something. Like, how is he missing? He is missing, too, by like 20 yards. He's Shankopotamus City. He's all over the place. He's hitting uprights. He's, he's wide right, left. I mean, this guy, he's finished. I cannot believe I didn't hear on Monday that he's out. He's got to go. I mean, he just got to go. He's not fixing it. That guy's got the yips. You got to leave him in Tampa, Scotty. That's another one of those things where you don't even let him on the bus. You don't let him come back to Minnesota. Get yourself your own uh, ticket home. Uh, sorry, Dan. So the Bucks do get a win. They, of course, are going to be one of the playoff teams in the NFC. They play the Falcons coming up next week. Raiders and Colts was a big anticipated matchup. Raiders needed the win bad to stay in the AFC playoff race, and they got absolutely boat raced at home, Scotty. 44-27, to the Colts and Jonathan Taylor ran all over them. Here's John Gruden. Says the defense eventually needed to make a stop. I know he fired the defensive coordinator a couple hours after the game was over. Here's an unhappy John Gruden. 
You have to stay. Uh, you have to stay confident <laughs> that your players are going to put it together like they did in Kansas City. We struggled in the first half in Arrowhead. We found a way to make some plays in the second half. Uh, but when you can make it a one-possession game, uh, you got to trust your defense. To be a championship team and a playoff team, you have to be a good football team in all three phases. And uh, that's my answer to that question. They're finished. <laughs> They're done. So put a fork in the a Vegas Raiders. Uh, every year it's the same thing, isn't it? Like all I hear about is how great yep. the Raiders are every year. Raider this, Raider that, Vegas this, Vegas that. Put a fork in them. Boom, done. And the Raiders play Thursday night this week, Scotty. They host the Chargers. I could even see them losing that game, to be quite honest with you. With the way that they played yesterday and the poor defensive effort, Raiders could really be done after Thursday's they game. They win that game. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. It is the Raiders. Uh, you never know. Uh, major upset in Philadelphia. The Eagles with a 24-21 win over the Saints. They jumped out to a 17-0 halftime lead, and they held on. The Saints did come back, but they could never tie it or take the lead. Here's head coach Doug Peterson. Everybody wants to give the credit to Jalen Hurts for his first start in the NFL, but no, 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 Scotty. Doug says the whole team got this win done for them. Here's Doug. Nice job, I Doug. Taking into this consideration up. the entire football team. You know, Jalen Jalen played played well. Uh, obviously, we won the game, but um, you know, they, they, there there's a lot of lot of good performances out there tonight. What? And, and again, it, you know, uh, as I said, what? defense stepped up, offensive line. You know, um, some of our young receivers, and, and obviously Jalen. So um, it's it's a start, and uh, we're excited to get the win. Look, uh, no wonder you're four, eight, and one because you're a mess mentally. Like listening to you babble on, oh my God, Hertz is the reason you won the game. The fourth down pass to Jeffries in the corner of the end zone. Let's stop with all this other nonsense. And Adam Kaplan was right. They had five sacks, twelve quarterback hits, and a fumble recovery. I'll give the defense and the pass rush credit, and Hertz gets the rest. He just brushed off Hertz like he didn't even play in the game. Nice job, coach. Like, just, I mean, you can't even admit the kid played great. Your other quarterback sucks. What you should do is just give the kid the credit because your other quarterback couldn't do jack, and this kid got it done. Just admit it because no wonder, no wonder people are talking about firing your ass. You don't sound like you know what you're doing. Yeah, it almost seems like he doesn't want to give the credit to the quarterback and almost like he doesn't want to make Wentz feel bad or not right. validate what and not That's validate what people – what people said for weeks, and that's that Wentz shouldn't be playing. He didn't want to validate it by praising Hurts uh, yesterday after the game. Let's go to the Packers now. Because the Saints lost, Scotty, the Packers, after their 31-24 win in Detroit, they now have the number one seed in the NFC. We'll look at that in a moment. First, Aaron Rodgers, he knows how big it is to have home field advantage in the playoffs. Here he is. Yeah, with no fans. Important for sure uh, to get that extra week of rest. Um, the big thing, though, you know, and you guys know this, we've played in, I believe, four NFC Championship games, all four on the road. So being able to to have the whole thing come through Green Bay is something that we've talked about for a long time. We've, we've wanted, and we've never had. So that would be, I think that would definitely be in our favor with the weather that we have in Green Bay, you know, play at home, be on our schedule. Uh, you know, so that's obviously in play. 
it was always in play, but it's definitely in play now. Look, I don't disagree that uh, they know the specs of Lambeau. They, they feel better in that stadium making plays, pass routes, everything else. They know it like the back of their hand. I'll give them this. But if no one's going to be at the game, what's the difference if they play it in heaven or hell? And uh, Aaron, very excited after that win over the Lions yesterday. Very excited, Aaron Rodgers. Let's take a look, Scotty, at the updated NFC playoff picture. We just said it. Packers now at the top. 10-3. and three, They are tied with the Saints, but they beat them head-to-head. So if they keep winning, they will be the one seed. The Saints are the two. The Rams lead the NFC West now as a three. Washington's win against the Niners yesterday puts them in the lead in the NFC East at six and seven. But we'll see what happens with Alex Smith because if Dwayne Haskins has to play, Scotty, I'm sorry, but that still opens the door up for everybody else in that NFC East. Seahawks, Bucks, and now the Cards have the last wild card spot after their win and the Viking loss, you see the Vikings and the Bears still hanging on there at 6-7. and seven. I got a problem with, uh, I don't believe that a Smith, he's so tough with what he's been through that they can't, uh, with all of their uh, masseurs and everything, that they can't uh, get that calf ready to go for them. They, they'll lose that division if Haskins is the quarterback. Smith has to play in that game. And the other big thing is, is the Cardinals game with Philly is enormous. Uh, for them, if they lose, their season's down the drain. If they win, they can hold on to that seven spot. Let's take a look at the AFC now. The Chiefs now have the top spot after their win yesterday and the Steelers loss in Buffalo. 12-1 and for the Chiefs. Bills 11-2. and I mean, Bills 10-3 and right behind the Steelers at 11-2. and Titans lead the South. They have the tiebreaker over the Colts. The Browns play tonight. And then the bottom, Dolphins 8-5, and Ravens 7-5, and uh, Raiders seven and six, Ravens seven and five. So it's kind of a mess there, Scotty, for that last spot. But I think right now Browns and Colts are going to get in. Yeah, I want to see the Dolphins get in, and uh, it's going to be huge to see if the Steelers can beat the Colts and Browns, or they'll screw it up and the Bills will steal that. SportsGrid.com: Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips, twenty four seven, as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering: real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Always exciting to get our soccer segment in, Carver High. Columbus won the MLS championship with a 3-0 shutout of Seattle that probably stunned some. I didn't even know they were playing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the MLS Cup definitely was under the radar this year. Uh, That's for sure. But uh, congratulations to Columbus. Uh, They win it. I mean, just a few years ago, they thought they were going to have to leave there and move to Austin. And now... They are the MLS Cup champs, so that's good to see. Champions League draw today as well, Scotty. Final what? 16, the matchups came through, including and highlighted by, we should say, Barcelona against PSG. That is a heavyweight tilt, that is for Who sure. Who is playing? Uh, I can't read that. <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea is playing Atletico. Uh, you've got Bayern against Lazio. Uh, Real Madrid uh, taking on, uh, I did not see who Real Madrid was playing, but you have everybody in the mix. The PSG Barcelona game, of course, is the big one that everybody will be waiting for. Well, uh, PSG will kick their ass because Barcelona has been terrible. So they're not winning that. Uh, PSG, they've been clocking people. They've been scoring five goals a game, so much so that Messi wants to play with Neymar there this summer. Yeah, we'll see if they can pull that off. 
I don't know if they're both they, they might have to go somewhere else to make that work uh, just because of money and logistics and things like that. Uh, we've got more for you. Johnny Manziel in what? talks to join a fan controlled football league. Johnny football. I don't know. Uh, Johnny football back in the mix. I don't know. I don't know, but I guess he wants game? to play it. Maybe it could be, but Johnny wants to get back in the mix. So congrats to Johnny Dwight Howard sued for not paying women who oversaw exotic snakes. Does that mean that Dwight owns the exotic snake, Scotty? Is that pretty much, or do we have a <laughs> party and somebody no. came? <laughs> no, no, no. This was supposed to be about erotic snake action in the bedroom, is what I heard. But oh, it turned out geez. to be exotic snakes. I thought it was erotica that you were going to talk about on the show today. This is very dangerous. No. And a man gives his wife her annual review, grading her performance, including a low grade in her bedroom skills. I like that. The annual evaluation of your wife only in London. I'll see you tonight on the bench. <laughs> Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.